we're talking about fruit versus flesh. Um, so you can have the fruit of your flesh or you can have the fruit of the spirit. And remember we talked about uh, uh, how the nine fruit um, can displace all the works of the flesh that are mentioned in Galatians. And so we're, gonna, we're doing some things that I, I want to help you because this is what I found. Th this is the truth. Did the Bible not say that we have to crucify our flesh? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Are you excited about that? Everybody say crucify. Well, you got to crucify your flesh. Didn't, the, didn't Paul say, I, talking about the real him, keep my body under? Did he say that? Say, I keep my body under. Now, didn't Paul say in Romans that you got to renew your mind? Right? But, and those things are true. But what I found people to do is they try to do all that by willpower instead of God power. I said they try to do that by willpower instead of God power. Your willpower is not even a match for your flesh. It's definitely no match for the devil. And so that's why the word of God has given us some things. How many of you know the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead according to Romans, will quicken or make alive your mortal flesh. That is written right in where it's talking again about the works of your flesh. Versus, it's talking about the things of the spirit versus the carnal man. And carnal, carnality leads unto death. But right in the middle of that, and we use it for healing, and I still use it for healing because the, the spirit of God living on the inside, aren't you glad that Jesus is the healer of your physical body? But in context, it's talking about putting your flesh under control. Does your flesh need to be under control? I know mine does. I know mine does. I, as last week I, on Wednesday, I, I preached, and I'm going to start there again. I was talking about love. On Thursday, I had to walk in love. Woo! Friday, I mean to tell you everybody who could cause me some, I, I went to Lowe's and somebody yelled at me and, and, and butted in front of me and tried to do a, a big old thing. And I just looked at him and this girl was looking at me like, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? I mean, he was causing a scene. He's causing a scene. I'm just standing in line, my own business. And he's causing a scene. And I looked at her. She, said, well, she looked at me. She said, no, you're, not, you're all right. And I just, I looked at her and I said, I got bigger things to do than to get mad at this man. If you all want a button, I do, if you all want a button in front of me, I don't care. I'll just stand here. I am not, ooh, and then, then, then I went somewhere else. <laughs> and then I, I'm just telling you, then I went somewhere else. And this, this young lady Oh my gosh, she got so sassy with me. And I didn't do nothing. And I just said thank you. And I gave her the biggest tip she had ever coming. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you what, you got to know when you talk about something and you endeavor to do something, the devil's going to show up. Especially when you're talking about walking in love. But if you walk in love, you will not, uh, it will get rid of some stuff. And remember Galatians 5. So we'll do it this way just for time's sake. Number one, the Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. Remember what the difference is of walk. Can you walk in the spirit 24-7, 365, and even not take leap year off? Can you walk in the spirit all the time? 
you can. So a lot of charismatic, spirit-filled people are like, no, because, you know, you know, because they think walking in the spirit means, you know, um, coming in church and jumping up and down and running around the room, which we love. And, and somebody giving, oh, weren't they in the spirit when they gave a tongue and an interpretation? Wasn't, wasn't that in the spirit? No, that's really not the correct language. That's the manifestation of the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost puts on you and that person yielded. And that's, that's momentarily. And that's exciting. And you should do that because it will help your flesh. So you should always yield. Everybody say yield. You should always yield to the Holy Ghost, whether it's in manifestations or if he's in the room and everybody's jumping up and down except you. Well, you do it anyway because you're the one in the flesh not jumping. This is Wednesday night. You all should have liked that better. <laughs> if everybody's rejoicing and laughing and stuff and you're like, I wonder when this is going to be over. I'll put up with this because I like the word around here, but I'm not going to. No, you, you're the one in the flesh by not getting in. You're the one being irreverent. No, no, no. Yeah, reverence is just following God, obeying God. If everybody's praying and you're like, when will this be over? No, that's irreverent. That's in the flesh. Praise the Lord. This is Wednesday. You should like that better. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So can you walk in the spirit? What is walking in the spirit? Jesus said, my, my words, their spirit and their life. And then he goes on to say, if you live in the spirit, so you can walk in the spirit and you and I ought to live in the spirit. Amen. Are we, are we, are we working on it? Are we doing it? Amen. Well, if we live in the spirit, if we walk in the spirit, then we won't fulfill the lusts of our flesh, but we'll begin to produce something. So the manifestations of the Holy Ghost in 1 Corinthians are things the Holy Ghost puts on you, and he chooses who he does that to, the nine manifestations, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gifts of healings, uh, special faith, and working of miracles. That's as the Spirit of God wills, and he puts that on a person, and you don't really have a choice. You don't get to, you can't pray for those, Lord, use me that way. No, it's just who he chooses, and then you have to learn to yield. But walking in the spirit comes from your born again human spirit. And everybody ought to be participating in that who's born again. Now really listen to me. You don't even have to be spirit filled and talk in tongues to uh, work on your, the fruit of the spirit. In other words, that's a lot of times what I've had people say to me. Well, um, um, I, I know a lot of people who aren't filled with the Holy Ghost who are better, they use the word better Christians. Well, the truth of the matter is they're saying they have more fruit in their life. And I've met a lot of tongue-talking Christians who don't have any fruit in their life. And that's a shame. But you still should be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues because what's available. But we ought to be working on being fruity in a good way. So we ought to be working on being fruity in a good way. And so that's produced from your born-again spirit, and it's more up to you than it is up to God. All right? And so we left off talking about the first one, and so let's look at Galatians, and we'll just read it just so you know. And I know you know these, but uh, thank God for these. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. I like faithfulness better than faith translated there. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
All right, so we've been talking about love. So that word love is agape. You know that. We looked at 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, we looked at some different things. And so this is where I got to. But uh, 1 John 4.16 says this. 1 John 4.16 says, and we know we have believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. And so um, Colossians 3, 14, Colossians 3, 14, let's look at that one real quick. Uh, Colossians 3, 14 says, and above all these, put on agape. Everybody say, I put on agape, what, which is the bond of perfectness. So you got so to put it on. And so how do you put on anything in the word? Well, the word of God is a seed. And all of the seed of the word of God, which you put into your spirit, it produ- that seed will produce the fruit of love. God is love. The word of God is love. And so the more you do that, the more love will abound. Thank God the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And I do not think it's a coincidence that love is listed first of the nine. Because there is so important the listing of things and the word of God. Uh, this is a, a perfect, the, whole, the spirit of God moved on holy men of old and wrote it down just like God wanted. And so I do believe love being number one um, because the greatest of these, faith, hope, and love is what? What's the greatest? And so doesn't that make sense that love is listed number one? So how many know the first thing we, so really one of the messages that the body of Christ ought to be hearing on a regular basis is the subject of love walk. If they did, they wouldn't be acting like they'd be acting right now. They wouldn't be fooled like they're being fooled right now in so many ways. Because the the love of God is love. And the fruit of love even lets everybody else know that we are brothers and sisters. It is the proof that you're born again. If you love the brethren, and really, and to love your neighbor, that's the born again neighbor and the not born again neighbor. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so the fruit of love, then what I'm talking to you about is this. Then it begins to push out the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh. So even the works of the flesh is fruit of your flesh, whether you're born again or not born again. If you don't get your spirit in ascendancy, if you don't feed your spirit, if your spirit is not in charge of your life, you can't put your body under. You, 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 you're, if you're not renewing your mind, you can't keep your body under because your body is not born again. And so we have to do these things. But if we do what the Bible says, we'll be successful. Come on, we'll be successful. We'll be delivered. We'll be changed. And just by being who God, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. So what am I? I am a man who walks in love. Though you may try me, I'm still going to walk in love. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk in the agape, the God kind of love. And so my love and how I respond to you is not based on what you do, but based on who I am. No matter who you are, I'm still, when, 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 come on, we said this last time, but when we squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice. When we squeeze a believer, we ought to get faith, but we also ought to get a whole lot of love. We ought to get the agape flowing out. Amen. Glory to God. Agape should flow on your post 
on Facebook. Agape should flow when you at work. Amen. At lunch, when they all talking about somebody, you refuse to participate and you find something, one thing that person is good at and you bring it up. All right. That's too close to where we live. I know. All right. So the fruit of love will do something. It'll push the works out. So which one are the works? So let's go back to Galatians. And I'm doing this a little different than I've done it before. It's been a while. But um, Galatians 5, um, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelance, and such, and there's a whole lot more, and such the like. Right? Um, And those that do these things will not inherit, and I believe when it talks about that, it's talking about the kingdom now on the earth. It doesn't, because see, if these are the works of the flesh, it can't be talking about somebody who's saved. So these, I believe, other places where it says they shall not inherit the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God requires faith. It requires obedience. And you can't, part, the promises of God won't be yes and amen to someone who's doing these things. They can't receive from God like they should because their flesh is controlling their life. They're carnal. They're mere men. And these things are sin, and the wages of sin is death. Now, should, should a Christian, because remember, remember the apostle Paul said, remember he lists all those things. And in the modern uh, translations, it's very clear. He said, at one time we were some of these, but we ain't that way no more. Right? So we, we should be, but that's an epistle. So it's saying those of you who are born again, this is not what you should be participating in. This is not who you are anymore. Come on, get over here in the kingdom. Come on, get over here in the spirit. Come on, walk in the spirit. So yes, you need to get somebody born again. Yes, they need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, but you need to get them in the word of God. And they need to be putting the word in so that fruit can be produced. And so this fruit, this first fruit is love. And well, what will that love do? Well, if you're walking in love, you will not, you will not produce the fruit of your flesh called adultery or fornication or pornania. What is that? All sex can be emotional too that occurs outside of marriage. What else won't you? Well, how about hatred? Holding a grudge, deep resentment with a root of bitterness, very antagonistic. If you're walking in love, you won't have the fruit of the, the, the work of the flesh or the fruit of your flesh of hatred. So someone who's walking in love and has agape as a fruit, and it's the fruit you should produce first, then you won't have any hatred in your life. No, I've watched this with my own eyes. I've watched somebody who I knew for years, and man, I had to bite my tongue because he was mean to somebody that I, that I adored, and uh, he, was, he was a meanie, and he wasn't very nice to some other people. And you know what happened? He got born again. I watched him turn away from people and refuse to shake their hand to hugging them. I, I believe in the new birth. 
I believe in the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that it will, it will knock out hatred in someone's life. There's no room for any hatred in any of our lives towards anyone. Amen? Now we need to hate what God hates, but he don't hate no people. I said he don't hate no people. He died for them. He died for them. He died for them. Those are his children that he wants to come home. So, so love pushes, what else will it do? Let, let's keep going. It will, emulation. What in the world is an emulation? If you never read my book, then you, you don't know. Emulation. A person who is upset because of what others achieve. They're jealous, envious, and they're resentful. This person often is irritated and agitated and always in a ticked off mood. That's what emulation means. See those King James words? Some of them you don't, you don't think they apply to you. Well, I'm not an emulator. Well, you might be if you're upset, at, if you're jealous. That'll take you to your workplace. Someone gets a promotion that you think you ought to got. Amen. Someone rolls up in a new car and you don't have one. And you're, and, and well, I'm a tither, I'm a giver. And you're irritated. That's an emulation. And that's your flesh. And what do you, should you do? You should get back into the word of God. You should put the fruit of love in there. And you should rejoice for them. Because if you really believe, then you know you're standing in the same line that they're in. And the same God that promoted them will promote you. The same God that blessed you will bless them. I'm not going to another wedding till I get married. I'm not going to be bridesmaid one more time. I'm telling you I'm done. No, that's not a good. I rejoice with you. I've caught 13 bouquets. I ain't catching one more. Yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm picking on somebody. I don't know who I'm picking on. Hallelujah. What's the last one? We're all having a good time now, right? Strife. Strife. Bent on getting what you want no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Strife. There's a whole lot of that. From the Pacific to the Atlantic to the Rio Grande to the Canadian border. There's a whole lot of strife going on. And the devil is the author of all strife. God can't work in strife. God doesn't work in strife. Don't get quiet on me. God does not, cannot, will not work in strife. He works in something called unity in one accord. There he commands his blessing. What does the Bible say about strife? Where there's strife and envy, there is every evil work. So strife is not just of the devil. It's a work of your flesh. So someone who is creating strife, whether they be born again or not born again, whether they said the sinner's prayer or not said the sinner's prayer, they are walking in something that the Lord disdains. He hates strife because of what it creates. And so you and I as a born-again believer, it, it, even, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, if you're your family, that's how you communicated. You, you strived at one another. You fussed at one another all the time. But, but strife is not part of who you are now. Praise the Lord. How do, how do you get rid of it? Well, I walk in the Spirit. And especially I walk in the fruit of love. Because, see, that love on the inside of me pushes out the work of the flesh called strife.
Now, I've gone through these and I've prayed over these and, Lord, which one do this? And so I probably don't have this perfect. But really, uh, most of these fruit will get rid of at least four to five works of the flesh, at the minimum two or three. But every fruit that I'm going to talk to you about is assigned to a work of the flesh. Every fruit is assigned to a work of the flesh. And if you'll get that fruit working in you, yes, you're going to have to keep your body under. But you're keeping your body under by walking in the Spirit. You're keeping your body under by living in the Spirit. You're keeping your body under by doing the Word of God. You're keeping your body under by worshiping the Lord because you can do it in spirit and in truth. You can keep your body under. Even praying in the Holy Ghost will help you recharge your spirit so it takes ascendancy so that you can put down the works of your flesh. Now listen to me. God is not going to put down the works of your flesh, and your spouse ought not have to keep your flesh under control. Now, I will tell you this, and there's nothing wrong with it. There are some things that, that are in, uh, available in our modern technological society age that if you have a spouse or if you have a problem with something, there's nothing wrong with getting some help and making sure that you can be looked over and watched over, especially if you have a problem in an area. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not admitting defeat. It's not. So we need friends. I love our men's ministry. You know, um, the guys out there, uh, they're there for one another. They help one another. They help you walk through some things if you're having challenges. Because we all have different things with our flesh that we have to subdue. We have to get rid of. And really, a lot of times, because you're going to have flesh until, Jesus, until it gets changed. You, you can kill it, and you can work, but there, some, sometimes there seems to be a little root <laughs> that if you don't keep walking the Spirit, it's like, where'd that come from? But you know what you can do? You can get right back in the Spirit. Get right back in the Spirit. So that's the first one. All right. So um, what's the next one? Joy. You got a joy? That word is chara, and it means the exaltation of spirit that comes from the presence of God. A spirit-given expression that flourishes best when times are strenuous and daunting and tough. Have you had any of those lately? Isn't it interesting the Holy Ghost knows the word? And so what did he tell you to do in this time that's been strenuous, it's been strenuous too, strenuous, tough. What did he tell you to do? He said to rejoice with joy. Not just rejoice, but rejoice with joy. Rejoice with, I did find your word, I did eat it. It's the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. Amen. I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end. So, but joy also is a fruit. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 4. 2 Corinthians 7, 4 says, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying in you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all of our tribulation. Everybody say, in all my tribulation, in all my trials, I am joyful. Now, remember this. Where do your tribulations and where do your trials come from? Well, they don't come from God. Because God doesn't send you things to destroy you. And all his tests are open book. So anytime the devil, the devil's the one, you know, that brings trials and tribulations and stress to your life. And just living on the earth, there are things that are going on that you can't really control. You remember, you know, like Paul, he couldn't control. He had to get on the ship even though he knew in his heart something bad was going to happen. 
There are some things in our lives that sometimes are out of our control because of what goes on in the world. But listen to me. It doesn't matter what's going on out here as long as you stay full of joy. Come on, as long as you stay full of joy. Hallelujah. Come on, I have, everybody say, I have joy. In tribulation. And so when someone bumps into you, when they bump into you, what should they, what should they experience? Well, they should first experience agape. Right? They should, that when they bump into you as a born-again believer, they ought to experience some agape. Come on, when people bump into you, what, you know, what, uh, let's move on, Lord. I don't want to talk about it. When people bump into you, you know, if politics is the first thing that comes out of you, you need to get back in the word because the first thing that ought to pop out of you is agape. The first, am I at my right church? The first thing you ought to pop out of you is agape. What else when someone bumps you? What should happen? There should be some joy about you. Come on, there should be some joy about you. I know they're all sad out there and I know they want all of us to be sad. But I can't be sad anymore because I've got some new equipment. I've traded in my tears and my sorrow for joy. Because the Bible says you reap in joy. Come on, you reap in joy. God's telling us, he's trying, I'm trying to get you some new equipment so that you can reap in this time. Hallelujah. So what will joy do? Well, when they bump into us, they got joy. First Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Who's ever up there? Ashley, I, I, I just throw in things at you. Uh, it's on the side. It's written down there. It's not my pretty notes like normal. Hallelujah or whoever's up there. First Thessalonians chapter 1. There you go. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and much assurance. We're talking about this on Sunday morning. And you know what manner of men we were, men among we were, I'm trying to hurry. What manner of men we were among you for your sakes. Verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. With joy, with joy. Notice where there is affliction, your, every, every, those, the scriptures I gave you, where there's affliction, your response should be joy. Where there's test, our response should be amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, when, when that comes, maybe I, I wasn't going to throw this one at you, but I'm going to do it some more because you're not sure yet. James chapter 1. This one's really not in your notes. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, my sisterin, count it all. Count it all. What happens? When the devil's tempting you, when your flesh wants to get out of control, and count, it, do, count it what? Well, how do you count it? Joy. I came home and I was telling Pastor Ronda all the things, and I gave her a little laundry list of what was going on. And, and I said, but you know what? I'm rejoicing. I, I'm walking in love. I'm going to count it. You know, I, I'm, we're gonna. She's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. Count it all joy. Amen. So what does this do? So when I have the fruit of the Spirit called joy, what will it take care of? Well, it'll take care of witchcraft. What? It'll take care of the Ouija board? No. If you don't know what this word means. So witchcraft is the word for pharmakia. Pharmakia. Is that, where'd they get the word pharmacy? From the word pharmakia. So witchcraft is not what you think it is in the King James. 
Although in the old times, uh, back when the word of God was, was being formulated, they used to mix witchcraft practices with heavy drugs. So that's not new. It's not new. The devil has always tried to give people a false sense, an escape, momentary escape by messing them up. You know, you can get drunk one night and then you wake up the next morning and your problems are still there. Right? And now you don't have any money. Right? But see, if you get drunk in the Holy Ghost, you get the joy of the Lord. You got all your money. <laughs> There's no hangover. And, you, and you're happy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what will, it will take care of, of, of pharmacia. Describes the flesh attempt to medicate. So that can be legal or illegal. That can be legal or illegal. Just because you got a, a, a piece of thing that says it's legal for you doesn't mean you're not practicing uh, uh, pharmakia. Amen? All right. It's, it describes the flesh attempt to medicate so it does not have to be confronted and therefore changed. So, what will, so joy, though, joy will do something. Because usually when people self-medicate, when they do something like that, it's because they're not happy. It's because they're sad. It's because they have no future. They have no hope. But you see, when you know Jesus and you walk in the spirit and you've got joy. And when that, when that trial comes, when it overtakes you, you're not, you're not running for a bottle. Not a booze bottle, not a pill bottle. You're not, you're not nothing rolled up. Hallelujah. Well, God created it. Give me a stinking break. And I do mean stinking. And so are, are you understanding me? So people with, that do those kind of things, they can say, well, this helps me and I'm not overindulging. But, but really, that is a false sense and, it, and it's your flesh in control. It is a fleshly thing to self-medicate. So what, what, is, what is my answer? I'm going to just get the fruit of joy working. And when that joy will, will when, when something comes at me and stuff's going to come. Remember, even that prophecy the Lord gave us, that word of wisdom, he said, you're going to need it for this hour. Well, how long is this hour going to last? <laughs> I guess we could figure it. A day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. We probably wouldn't like it. But anyway, I'm just saying, though, it doesn't matter how long this is. So, so, so it's not based on what's going on out here. Everybody say, I got joy. Well, the other one that it will get rid of is wrath. What is wrath? It's like a constant volcano boiling with anger. They always blow up. Those are the people you don't like to go shopping with. Those are the people you do not like to have dinner with because if one thing is wrong on their plate, you're about to be embarrassed. You know those kind of people. Those people standing in a long line that butt to the front because they're more important than everybody else. Oh, that happened to me. Um, what is that? Well, I kind of know this. I didn't want to touch that volcano. I'd rather that volcano just go on ahead. But I don't want to be a volcano. That's a work of the flesh. That's a work of the flesh. How do you get that volcano under control? You walk in the fruit called joy. And then revelings. What's revelings? 
This person can't stand to be bored. Always seeking amusement or entertainment. They can never sit still. They can never be in silence. I remember before I came back to the Lord, I had to have something on at all times. I had to have uh, uh, music. I had to have a TV blaring. I had to have some kind of entertainment going all the time. I could never sit alone with myself. Number one, I didn't like me. But I couldn't sit alone with myself. There's, there, there's, there's, we're not talking about it yet. It's next. But it's good to have joy. Yeah. It's good to have joy. Hallelujah. Just because I have a goal to get to at least three of these because you all listen so good. I, I'm going to get to the next one. The next one is called peace. Peace. So it's uh, the, the original uh, Hebrew uh, is E-I-R-E-N-E. It's, it's, like, it's similar to shalom. It expresses the idea of wholeness, completeness, tranquility on the soul that is not affected by circumstances or outward pressure, order in the place of chaos, a calm, an inner stability that results in conduct of a peaceful manner without trauma. We, we teach people around here, you need to talk to your children. You have great peace and undisturbed composure. You're a disciple taught of the Lord. And you ain't going to act like that like around me. Amen. I speak peace to it. Jesus used it as a weapon, and he spoke peace to the storm. But peace is not only a weapon, it's a fruit. And it comes from your spirit. And so let's look at some other places. Remember John 14, 27. So what kind of fruit of the spirit do we got? Jesus said, peace I leave you, my peace. So what kind of fruit is this? This is his peace. I give unto you, not as the world gives. Why? Because you can only be at peace in the world when everything's okay. And have you noticed everything's not okay? Have you noticed everything's not okay? So they're not at peace. What are they? They're irritated. Irritate, they're agitated. They're irritated. They're agi that's agitated, irritated together. They're agitated. They, that's a good word. They are irritated and agitated. And they try to take it out on you. And they want everyone to be irritated and agitated with them. And if you're not irritated and agitated with them, that means you don't care. It means you don't care. Well, I care a whole lot more than you because if I stick in the word, then I can change things in my life and then I can change things in your life. Right? And so what do we got to have? We got to have peace. Peace. Jesus' peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. So fear is the absence of peace. But peace will kick out fear and it will also take care of some other stuff we're going to look at. Ephesians, um, I got so many on this one, but let's run through them. Ephesians 4.3. In endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Romans 8.6. Romans 8.6. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How do I get this peace fruit to manifest? I, I, to be carnally minded is death, so I'm spiritually minded. I'm renewing my mind with the word of God. I'm meditating on the word of God, and that fruit of peace begins to grow in me. Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard, garrison uh, your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Thank God for peace. Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. 
Colossians, I think. This is a good one, though. And let the peace of God rule, be an umpire in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So let the peace of God rule. So how do I get the peace of God in? It comes from the Word of God. What do I do? I meditate on these scriptures they just gave you. And so as I meditate them, as I speak them out of my mouth, what am I doing? I'm sowing peace seeds into my heart. And when I sow peace seeds into my heart, because it's good soil, it'll come up some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And what happens then? I got a fruit. I got a fruit called peace that's obvious in my life. So when someone comes and they bump into me, they're going to bump into love. When they bump into me, they're going to bump into joy. Amen. Now you can't be joyful with your frown on your face. You can't be joyful looking like you've been sucking uh, lemons all day. Come on, like you just ate a dill pickle. You understand? Even if you just have the good dill pickles that are deep fried with ranch on them, you, you can't be looking that way, all right? You can't be looking that way. What, when someone bumps into you with all their cares, with all their problems, they ought to bump into love. They ought to bump into joy, and they ought to bump into peace. One of the things when Pastor Ron and I first started pastoring many years ago, we don't do as much as this now because of the church and we have pastoral staff, but anytime we went into a situation we, you know, because, you know, sometimes we think, well, what am I going to say? This is good. This could be bad or what's going on? What's going on? We determined a long time ago, and I, really she helped me determine because she grew up in a pastor's home, but she learned some good things too. But one of the things we determined is we're going to walk in and we're going to carry peace. So we walk, our, our, our faith was when we walk into the room, when we walk into the situation, no matter what's going on, peace manifests. Because, see, it's hard to make decisions when everybody's confused. It's hard to make decisions when everybody's screaming. It's hard to make, you know, decisions like that when everybody's a mess. So we determined we'd walk in with peace. And so the fruit of peace in your life will bring peace in the middle of chaos. And so what will the fruit of peace do? It'll take care of some things. Uh, one of the things it'll take care of is, uh, and you might under not understand this, but lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is excessive consumption of food or wild, undisciplined living. And usually someone that is like that, they have no peace in their life. And so that peace will get rid of lasciviousness. Um, again, it'll get rid of witchcraft. It'll get rid of the, the, the uh, pharmacia. Because, see, they don't have any joy. They don't have any peace. So joy and peace will get rid of the work or the fruit of the flesh of pharmakia. The other thing it will do, it'll get, uh, these are somewhat similar as the last one, but it'll get rid of wrath. And it also gets rid of revelings. That joy and peace, and it's interesting, love, joy, and peace are the first three. And they are also the most well-known. If someone, most people know the first three fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because they're the most predominant. Now the rest, the other six are really important, and we're going to look at all of them. Because as you begin to develop, so I'm wondering when someone gets in the Word, the first fruit that ought to appear is love, and then some joy, and then some peace, because it takes care of some major works of the flesh in our life. But the other ones will do the same. And so we got to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is really important in the time that we live in. And the only way you can get it, 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 Lord, Lord, I need more love. Lord, just send me, Lord, send me some love just now. No, no, because he already sent you. He sent you his word. 
He, he taught you how to walk in the Spirit. And if you'll walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So we ought to walk in the Spirit. We ought to live in the Spirit. We ought to, so that means we've got to live in the Word. Jesus said, my words, their Spirit and their life. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, "Those the hour comes and now is when true worshipers will worship me in Spirit and truth. So when we got worship going on around here, what should you do? Whether you like the song, don't like the song, what should you do? You should worship. You should get in the Spirit. You should get in the Spirit. You should get in the Spirit. You should get it worshiping the Lord. And you shouldn't just do it at church. That's just Sunday morning and Wednesday night. If that's all you ever worship, that's like what, 30 minutes in a week? That's not enough. That's not enough. And you don't even need music to worship. Amen. You can worship with two eyes open, one hand at 10, one hand at two. Hallelujah. It's a good thing to worship around here with all the road construction they're doing. Keep your eyes open, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. But worship. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Endeavor to get in the Spirit. Just like uh, uh, John the Revelator. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What does that mean? He was just more aware of spiritual things than natural things. And the Lord said something to him. But you got the fruit of the Spirit is growing in you. Amen. But it's more up to you. Than it is. Now, how many know the Holy Ghost will help? You can't do anything without the Holy Ghost. But, you, but the more words you get, the more insight you get, the more revelation you get, the more you purposely walk in the Spirit. Yes, and y'all, you do have to crucify your flesh. You do. You do have to keep it under. You do. You're never going to get to a time where I think you don't have to do this anymore. But if you start in the Spirit... It's like, you know, working out your salvation. What does that mean? I'm born again, so I'm working from my spirit that's born again to the outside. I'm not, religion works from the outside to the inside. You know, on Sunday mornings, you've heard me do this during altar calls because I'm dealing with people. You can tell, I can sense in the room when people have been religiously taught. They grew up religious because I did. So I understand it. I can sense it. Because the thing is, when you're religious, and some of you came from religious backgrounds, you know, you went into the booth. I'm not trying to be mean about anything where anybody came from. I'm just saying this. If you're religiously trained, you'll never be good enough. Never. There's always something wrong with you. But in him, I'm complete. In him, I'm a new creature. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am accepted in the beloved. See, I start from who I am says I am. That's why I love that so much. I, because, see, when I used to, when I was growing up, I didn't know who the I am said I was. And I, and I didn't really care. But yet it created in me an unworthiness. And I can sense when I'm trying to lead, get people to come back to the Lord, I hear it all the time. And I really can in my spirit, in the realm of the spirit, I can hear it. Well, I'm going to get cleaned up. I'm going to do better. I'm going to get back to God. I'm going to do better. What is that? That's just religion. And so obviously they were religiously taught that you got to do better. But you can't do better until you get to him. That's like taking a shower to get cleaned up so you can take a bath. Well, I'm going to clean up so I can get back to God so I can get saved. No. It starts from the inside. And then if you have, no matter how long you've been walking with God, if you've got things in your flesh you're working on, 
Yes, put your body under. Yes, crucify your flesh, but do it from the realm of the spirit. Do it from putting the word in you and, and, and don't try to do it in your own strength and your own power. You'll get frustrated. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for his word. Thank God who he's made us in Christ Jesus. Thank God for the fruit of the spirit that gets rid of the works of the flesh. Amen. So, the, so there's no volcanoes. There's no pharmacia. Amen. There's no wrath. There's no revelings. There's no emulations. None of that stuff can control you anymore as you walk in the spirit. Amen. And, and when you walk in the spirit, fruit's coming, and this guy, fruit's going to pop out and just pop that stuff off. Amen. And you can keep it off too. It tries to jump back on you. No, you can't get grafted back in here. Get off me. Amen.